Well, with the coronavirus uh, increasing in our land, it's brought in all kinds of interesting questions with the church. Do you assemble? Do you not assemble? And what is the function of the church in a time like this? We're thinking more about government than we're thinking more about the family. We're thinking more about the church. My guess is that a lot of churches, from what I saw online, did not meet uh, this past Sunday and now are having to make decisions. One of the things I've been concerned about is 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 probably there's probably a variety of reasons why churches didn't meet and that's going to uh, that's going to have implications for whether churches assemble again so uh, people talking about you know meet for church online that kind of thing you've been in you've locked horns a few times on this issue already you're concerned about it I, one of the things i pointed out to my wife yesterday is is people aren't thinking universal local. So we use church and, you know, the universal church is all of God's people at all times in all places. Martin Luther and I are in the same church. We're in the universal church, but often we use that language when we come over to local church. When you're talking about local church, the assembly stands right at the heart of ecclesia means an assembly of people. And so, no, you can't, you can't technically meet together as a church if you're not assembled. You can communicate to your church if you're a pastor. You can hold a small gathering of some of the members of your church and broadcast that on the internet and other people can watch. Uh, but that's an important point right. because if you start to think, if you start to use kind of sloppy language and you're you're confusing universal and local, uh, that could bear some bad fruit down the line. Yeah, and that's the danger. That's one of the, the reasons I've tried to say some of the things I've said on social media uh, because I don't want us to fall into practicing that law of unintended consequences, that we say things, we do things now, that a year from now, 10 years from now, people will look back and say, well, remember when we did church at home during the coronavirus? I think I'm going to do church at the beach today. Yeah, I'm going to do church on my sailboat or whatever. It is that because the mentality comes in, it creeps in. We've got to be really careful to maintain what the Bible says and teach our people uh, what the ecclesia is. Teach them why we do what we do and why we are not doing what we normally do because of the crisis, which raises the other issue, which I I think it's vitally important for churches not simply to make decisions about we're not going to meet or we're going to meet, but to help disciple the members as to why those decisions are being made. You know, our elders have spent hours together praying, thinking, talking, and then apart doing the same thing and coming back together to try to determine what we should do and why we should do it. And then we've outlined those principles. Okay, what is the responsibility of the state? What is the responsibility of the church? What's the relationship between the church and the state? How should we respond whenever the civil magistrate says that we recommend you don't meet? How should we respond when they say you must not meet? You're not allowed to meet. How does the church respond? And all of those things are, those are important issues. We can't assume them and we can't assume that our people will understand them. And and good night, you know, we've grappled with them for hours. And I think it's vital to set those principles in front of your congregation so that they begin to see, yeah, the Bible applies to all of life. And yes, we are citizens of this nation, but we are also citizens of heaven. And our citizenship there trumps our citizenship here. That doesn't mean that we can be anarchists here or that we can just simply thumb our nose at civil magistrates. No, God has ordained them to be servants for him and for us as well. Yeah. If I, you know, we're talking to, say, a 17-year-old son living in the house and the coronavirus comes in, one of the things I'd want to highlight about the church is it is, it is a real, there is real ecclesiastical authority. There are spheres. So you have the sphere of the government, you have the sphere of the church, you have the sphere of the home. And that 17-year-old um, young man, living in his house needs to see, okay, so I have a, if you have 
parental authority. That's familiar authority that you're having to acknowledge and think about what's the Bible say to do in this sphere. You have government, and you say, okay, I have a state, and I have a community, I have a, I have a mayor of the city, and what are, they all, what are they all communicating? And then you do have an ecclesiastical authority. So there, there's actual authority that's there, and you need to be thinking about those realms. And right now, watching all of those is, is crazy, <laughs> um, but, but think of yourself in that realm. Don't think of yourself primarily saying, okay, well, I'm going to do whatever the president says to do, period, right. regardless of what these other authorities tell me to do, uh, even the lesser magistrates like right. the governor. Um, so begin to think about your church that way. The church is an institution. There was a, there was this strong movement. You have to think of the church institutional and the church organic, but there, there was a strong impulse. The church isn't an institution. The church isn't a building. It's like well, there's actually an institutional authority that goes on in the church, and we should be thinking about that. And then that helps pastors to see your people do need leadership. Your people yeah, need communication absolutely. and wisdom during this time because they're going to be looking to you. And we have to think about how we're uh, encouraging our folks. Yeah, practical things too uh, should not be neglected. So um, I would encourage churches to pray for one another. So get the membership roster in front of you. Pray for one another. Communicate with one another. Make phone calls. Send texts. uh, Communicate the best you can and try to meet each other's needs. Also remember this, man, uh, when you're not meeting, that's when we worship the Lord by offering up tithes and offerings to him. Mm-hmm. And so for the last uh, last week, we did not take up an offering in our church. I'm sure it's true for many churches. And yet we still have missionaries that we support. And those missionaries uh, are in the same boat we're in. We have ministries that we support. And, and this is a great time for Christians to remember that giving, tithing, that's not God's way of raising money. That's God's way of raising children and that we need to learn how to give sacrificially so that we might glory in the goodness of God and the Lord Jesus who said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So don't think that just because you're not meeting that the physical needs and the financial needs of the church and its ministries can be neglected. Don't do that. Mail in your gifts or drop them off or or find out ways that your church is operating so that you can continue to contribute to the work of the gospel that continues to advance around the world. This virus is not going to stop the kingdom of God, and we are stewards of that. So uh, as a matter of discipline, I would encourage all Christians to make sure you don't neglect your giving. Yeah, and to those who would look at that and go, oh my goodness, you know, like, especially people that don't know anything about the church or the Lord. I can't believe they talk about church giving during this time. You know, we got to do this. we got to do that. It's This stands right at the heart of, of other things we've said in other podcasts about what it means to take responsibility in a time like this, yeah. to say, I, I want to be able to meet people's needs. And because I'm a Christian and I believe that there is a God in heaven, I want to see his worship promoted and his glory made known. And so absolutely I'm going to set aside resources just as I am to see if I can help the physical, tangible needs of people. I'm going to set aside resources and during this time sacrifice so that the glory of God can be made known so that the ministry of his word uh, can go forward. So you've got to get that foundational principle in order not to be skewed in a time like this and say, no, no, this is really what it means to be faithful during this time. Amen. Amen.